And that was Orville Peck, Bronco. That's his new album. So this is the record that I'm starting today's episode with. And I actually picked it up today. I was so excited. But the weird thing is, I didn't even realize they had a new album until my favorite record shop in Oxford sent me an email personally to me, I hope. I, I doubt it. It'll probably to everyone well I know it was to everyone but I like to think it was just to me it's like when Pearl Jam sent me an email and they told me about all the new albums that are out at the moment and this one was on the list and I couldn't believe it because I bought the 2019 Orville Peck album called Pony and loved it so much the lead singer has a voice that sounds very similar to Elvis and he wears masks that he apparently makes himself. I don't know if he still makes them because he's probably too busy recording and making records and being famous that he maybe hasn't got time to make them. But I'd like to think he does. But they're these masks that are solid at the top of the face cover the nose and then tassels hang down over his mouth and today I actually saw a video on YouTube one of the music videos related to this latest album where the tassels are parted at his mouth so you can actually see his mouth so that's the most I've seen of Orville Peck's face and that's not his name his name is actually something Pitu apparently he's a canadian singer songwriter kind of mystery exactly who he is and i heard he had some south african connections some south african roots and this new album has given that away slightly because there's two tracks on here that are definitely related to southern africa so there's one about the kalahari desert it's called kalahari down and there's another one called City of Gold. And the lyrics on City of Gold are clearly about his connection to South Africa and the story of having left there and him thinking about Johannesburg and thinking that it's still okay. He's heard that it's still okay. And he calls it Josie, which is a very typical South African slang for Johannesburg or Josie. Josie, I think it is. Josie? I don't know. But yeah, that was the album that I've been listening to a bit of today. And that will bring us into the episode we're going to do. But before we go into that, I want to mention something about the previous episode where Scott from the Scott Gordon Band came and played In the Shed. And it was the first time we've actually had a proper musical session. There's been a few episodes where there has been music and the odd song here and there. And I actually remember Roger and I sang an Orville Peck song in one of the episodes. And a lot of the episodes have musical stories and there's even a whole season where I made a mixtape and there's a whole season where guests spoke about their favorite albums. So it's a big feature and I was so happy to have a purely dedicated musical session where Scott did five songs. Uh, I think three of them were from his new album 
called Ulster Americana and apparently that title is a new genre of music he's made up so it's not just Americana it's not country and western it's Ulster Americana and Ulster's got something to do with Ireland and I won't go into the whole history of it but there's that connection there and I, I failed to ask Scott to explain that part of it but he was quite pleased with himself for inventing a new genre of music and it's a lovely album and Scott really did a great job it was such a fun episode to do and there was a bit of a drama at the end because when I pressed stop on the recorder that was all okay but then I unplugged the power supply to plug in the record player so we could listen to the new Red Hot Chili Peppers album which is called Unlimited Love and we loved it so much and wanted to hear it again and I thought it had wiped the whole recording out because normally you meant to switch it off at the power supply which I didn't do and when you do switch it off at I say the power supply for the actual machine and when you do that it saves the project you're working on and when you cut the power it doesn't tell you it's saving anyway Scott was very gracious and said Warren it doesn't matter because we've had such a great evening and I could re reconcile that I could accept that and he's right we we had a great time and that's what these episodes are about it's about the moment but it's also a little bit of a bonus to have the recording and I know Scott was really keen to share his music with people and um, but he didn't show any upset or sadness and he helped me to feel okay about it fortunately I managed to recover the two tracks because we had two microphones so Scott's microphone and mine and both were on the SD card the little memory card which I managed to check in a computer at work and I saw them there and then I asked Joe and Ralph if they could take the SD card to Steve's house so Steve could double check that they were there because I got a bit paranoid I thought oh no what if they weren't on there but he double checked and they were on there and that's what allowed us to share that most amazing episode and it definitely is something I would like to do more of in the future so if you are in a band or you know someone in a band get in touch let me know and we could see if we could do something the email address which I haven't used in ages is shedchat at gmail.com drop me a line and and we can see but I've got some connections there's a few things happening and this will only come in seasons to come so not just yet I, I'd like to get through this season where we're talking about objects again toys mainly and using them as a portal to start talking about other things just to hear some storytelling and anyway I'm really excited about that new idea and I was speaking to Salvador about it and he said I can get you anyone you want I can get you Razorlight he said because he's been doing some work for them and they're a I don't know when they they were big they did a song called America or something trouble in America or I don't know what it was but they were they were quite famous and they, they're busy doing a greatest hits compilation and Salvador's doing some design work on that and he said I, I can get razor light can you imagine that if I ended up getting that and then I said to him well Salvador you do album covers for lots of bands why don't you ask them? And he said he would. So we'll see what, what happens. I think they'd probably want to hear some of the previous episodes first. So Scott's one is really important. We can see how that goes. Tonight's episode is about the Fleetwood Bounder campervan from the television series called Breaking Bad. And... If you haven't seen Breaking Bad, it doesn't matter. If you know nothing about cars, it doesn't matter. I don't know anything about cars. I've driven a few. And 
I have watched Breaking Bad, but it was some time ago. But as you'll know, if you've listened to any of these episodes before, it doesn't go on a full-on geek-out session on the object. Certainly, I will try to do it justice and get the details right. But as I said earlier, we use it as a portal into other stories and other conversations. And the, the episode about Smurfs, I actually entitled it Smurfs and then in brackets and other stories, just so it was more representative of what it is actually about. So don't worry about it if you don't know the Fleetwood Bounder. Hopefully by the end of this, you'll know more. And if you do know about it, I hope I can bring back those memories. And, oh, Joe's sitting here sewing and she's just pricked her finger with a pin. Are you okay? Yep. Good. <laughs> I don't know if she's going to join in on this discussion. She hasn't yet. But Joe, you're more than welcome to join in. And I think that would be nice. But it's Thank just you. nice to have you here. I don't know when last we did an episode together. We painted a picture together. We each painted our own picture and we spoke about that. And we did an episode about the Long Walk to Freedom book that I've got that's signed by Nelson Mandela. So we've done a couple, but it's nice to be back in the kitchen. I'm not in the shed tonight. I'm in the kitchen. And Joe is at the table opposite me, sewing badges onto a blanket, which is very nice. Badges are good. I think they should give badges at work. You think they should give badges at work? Yeah. That's a really good idea. Thank my, you. My work doesn't do any rewards like that. Mm. Kind of a, a what type, a typing badge or a depends what work you do. Like a head teacher's award, like a boss award. Yeah, that's a good idea. No. Do we need those? No, no. <laughs> I think kids like them, but we as adults maybe not. School council have badges. Yeah. yeah. I had loads of badges on my blazer when I was in primary school. High then, school. Yeah. What happened at high school there? It, it, I changed my approach. You weren't motivated by badge work? No. No more badges. It all went downhill when uh, I went into the science lab storage oh, yeah, room. yeah. While the teacher was out of the classroom and I stole. took some... I don't like to use the word stole, but I, I guess that's what it is. Took some chemicals. And one of the chemicals was sodium. And I was really into chemistry. I loved science and chemistry. I got top scholar in science in primary school, believe it or not. I got a little medal. Talking of badges, I yeah. got a medal. And anyway, I went into the... That's good. Storage. Thank you. I went into the storage room with three other friends and took some chemicals and then we went and tested them out and we threw the sodium which reacts in water mm. into the urinal i hate saying that word urinal it's quite horrible but it you, the, they had like a it's a wall not individual urinals it's a wall with a trough. like a gutter or a trough yeah, at the yeah. bottom they always stink and you put these like peppermints in, toilet peppermints, they used to call them, little blocks. And they'd sprinkle them in the trough. What, like to clean them? No, they would, not to clean, I think it's just to take the smell away. But actually, you could put ice in. And, and apparently ice does the trick, not these strong, harsh chemicals. But anyway, we, we threw the sodium into that trough. And then, then when the water, there's like a, a pipe that runs along the length of the wall. And the water sprinkles out every mm. so often. And it caused lots of fizzing and popping and, and so on. And we got into a bit of trouble because then a piece ended up in a tap, which was really naughty. You don't think of the consequences of that kind of stuff. So you stuck it in the tap? Yeah, wedged it inside a tap. And oh. then we went up to the balcony on the first floor and looked down. <gasps> and this kid who was in the lowest year standard six it was called he went and pushed the tap it was one of those where you press the tap and then he pressed it and then put his hand underneath and there was this loud fizz and then a bang 
and we How saw the flame. How big was the piece of sodium? The sodium piece was like a lump of sugar. I don't know how. I mean, that sounds really old-fashioned. Is it like the one that are they the size. ones that are um, stored in oil? They're stored like in a little. Yeah, I've seen them. Is lithium stored that way or something as well? Yeah, I think lithium, sodium, potassium, they're all next to each yeah, other on the I periodic table yeah. of elements. You, get, you used to get lithium strips we got shown at school. Were those magnesium ribbon? Oh, maybe it was Mag- magnesium. I think lithium is probably not available. I, I've got a feeling that's quite No, you're, I think dangerous. you're right. Yeah, there's like, it, was like, it was almost like, um, you know, the little metal ties that do sandwich bags? Yes. They were like that. But it was a metal and it was stored in an oil. And when you light it, the magnesium ribbon wasn't stored in oil, but you write about the sodium oh, and okay. potassium that's stored in a liquid. And it's like a soft metal because you can it's amazing. cut yeah, yeah. bits off. But it's, it, have, you ever, have you ever worked with lead? Uh, I can't you ever say seen I lead have. Ri- so when I did um, that window making course... They have lead ribbon and it's soft, but it's metal. Yeah. So you, yeah, you move it around. Oh, good. Malleable. Malleable. Very good word. Thank you. And anyway. You said it, not thank you. Well done. (laughs) Cheers. It all went downhill from there and I never got any more badges because we got severely reprimanded. Mm. And I was actually on the tennis court playing a match where my head of year came down while I was on the court. So and they knew it was you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I don't know what the chain of events was. I think someone... Can I ask who were your um, comrades during this? Uh, Andrew, Craig, Greg, and me. That's it. People uh, you're still friends with? Yes. That's very interesting. Yeah, very good friends still. Like, they're my oldest friends. And it was never done maliciously. We We were curious. We were just experimenting. Anyway... Mr. Frankenstein, that was his name. Now you're laughing. It's very good. Brian Frankenstein. He came and called me off the court. And while I was playing, I was doing a doubles match with Andrew. And he um, he was standing at the side of the court. And I said to Andrew, oh, no. So he was he after you both. looking at me. He called me off. And I think he had spoken to Andrew Andrew didn't get into as much trouble. Andrew still became a prefect for some reason. I don't know what happened there. The details are a bit hazy, but he called me off the court. I thought he had at least wait till the end of the the match against this other school because it was distracting. And then he got really quite cross that I'd done that. And he said, that's it. You're not going to be a prefect. You're not going to be a monitor. That's all gone. And then I said to him, I don't think, I think what we did was wrong, mm. and I'm sorry for that, mm. but I don't think the teacher should have left the class with the science lab unlocked. Agreed. And he he thought I was being really um, rude by saying that to mm. him. But I can understand, like, he science had told me off. easy, though, to get into trouble in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we were always messing around with those Bunsen burners and stuff. But that that's a really good link to Breaking Bad and the Fleetwood Bounder because Walter White is a chemistry teacher in a school and he's nearing retirement. He's bored. He is ill. I think he's got a terrible cough and it doesn't look like he's going to make it. And he wants to do something in his life. And he decides to start making crystal meth. And there's a long story involved. But as a science or chemistry teacher, he he knew how to use Bunsen burners and beakers and chemicals and brilliant chemistry teacher. And he met up with an ex-student, a former student called Jesse Pinkman. And in the Breaking Bad series, that the actor is Aaron Paul. He's good, isn't he? Very good. And Brian Cranston is Walter White, also excellent. Mm. And he actually had stage three lung cancer, so it wasn't looking good for him. And then he got involved in the criminal underworld. And it's all set in New Mexico. And for me, that setting is my favorite, the desert, the open spaces, the 
blue skies and of course the standout thing for me in breaking bad were the cars and the star of the show was this fleetwood bounder and when i saw it in the very first episode the pilot episode i couldn't believe it i fell in love with this vehicle and i'm holding a is it decast or die cast do you say die cast and die cast i think means that it's it's cast out of metal and this particular one i've got here is a one ratio one in 64 and i know that that means that this is 64 times smaller than the real thing so if you were to measure the length of this model that i'm holding times it by 64 and you would get the the full size of the vehicle and it's hard to imagine because i can't imagine timesing that by 64 and then 64 getting the 64 and 20. i love that though i love that ratio thing it's cool it isn't it I find it a bit like like when I was little. I'm showing Joe to hold up the mic because it's weird. You, it won't pick it up if it's low. I mean, oh, okay. We're not used to holding microphones. This is the first time no, I've done I an episode. <laughs> do you? I don't generally carry microphones around. You should do like a, you should just go to the local shops and just do like a street chat. It's like I could wear a high-vis jacket and, a, and carry a microphone and you'll look official. Word on the street. Yeah. Do you know the the funny thing is, sorry to sidetrack okay. a little, is I've just finished reading Dave Grohl's book, The Storyteller, and I am Dave Grohl pretty much. Mm. Because I, I feel love I'm Dave also, Grohl. Thank you. I'm, I also feel I'm a storyteller, but when I was reading the things he was saying about his brain tricks him into thinking that he's still really young, that's what happens to me. Yeah. I, I still feel I'm really young. I look in the mirror and I can see the wrinkles and everything, but I'm embracing it like he is. But you I don't are mind. quite young. What? We were talking today about grey hair and you haven't got any grey hair No. Yet. But that's fine because even when I do have grey hair, I don't think it's going to make me feel it like I'm old. any different. Yeah. But anyway, Dave Grohl, thank you, Joe. Dave Grohl, <laughs> he, his teeth... Are, are you trying to open that? Toberone? I don't want to get it too close to the microphone. That's okay. I'll I'll put the microphone down, and I'll open this mini Toblerone product of Switzerland. I love them. I know. Oh. There, it's partly open already. I know. I just couldn't do it with one hand because I'm holding a massive microphone. Okay. What? Uh, <laughs> pardon. A, a, me, a medium-sized <laughs> microphone. <laughs> and Dave Grohl apparently. His teeth are worn down from years and years of his teeth rubbing against this metal grill of the microphone. No. Yes. And these particular microphones we've got here have, have quite a like metal, it's quite hard. And if you see him sing, and often singers he, tu- he touches it against his teeth. Yeah, have you, have you never seen in bands, lead singers will like have the microphone on their mouths, spit coming out everywhere. But see, has he got like a crescent? His teeth, yeah, are worn, worn out. down. The no. teeth are worn smaller. You can see that, yeah, from years and years of. He needs uh, one with the big microphone hair on it. Yeah, like the foam. Yeah, or the um, like the really grey wispy one mm. you can get. I wonder if he's thought of that, but it won't look as good. Yeah, that's true. Maybe it won't sound as good. Man. Big fluffy microphone. <laughs> anyway, it's it's very difficult when I do these sidetracks because then I find it hard to go back to what I was talking about. We we're talking about the one in sixty four. I just um, remember. Mo- so my mum and dad had a shop and they sold diecast cars, but weirdly it was a chemist shop. But my dad. And they had a photography counter, but then my dad collected cars, so he just had a sideline in selling cars that he wanted to have in the shop. So, like, all a bit hodgepodge. But the ratio was on those. Yeah. And I remember learning about it. Oh, that's so nice. And I can imagine an old chemist shop with toys in. I'm sure it wasn't the only one that had toys. It was great. So my my brother was on the Kodak counter. Yeah. And then... he. No, I mean Kodak as it, in the camera the film yeah so you could get like an hour's photo development yeah or four hours or like 24 and then 48 yeah and then if it was an hour he, he would have to run them to the developing guy down the road 
Oh, you couldn't do the hour He was really miserable, yeah. And he would growl at us if it was an hour. And then we'd be back in like 50 minutes to get it back for an hour for the shop. Wow. And then, oh, but on that counter, there was a little glass display cabinet with die-cast uh, Burego or something model. Oh, Burego, yes, yeah. that Italian yeah, thing. Yeah, that was the brand. Yeah. So it was always Ferraris and Lamborghinis and stuff that my dad basically wanted for himself. And did he ever <laughs> buy any of them and take them home? Oh, yeah, we had loads at home. Yeah. But I think you probably had to minimum order. So you had a be, minimum order. So that's maybe why dad sold them, because he couldn't put like 25 at home, maybe. Oh, I feel okay. like maybe that was it. Well, I mean, I, I don't know what it is. Well, but dad's a collector, you know he is. Yeah, and I think I might be as well. But I, I've always loved these metal cars, and I've got quite a few. I've got a few of the Back to, back to the Future ones. I've got a VW Golf that I got from the dealership when we bought a car once and I, I didn't manage to get a discount or any saving on the actual vehicle no but then I asked him if I could have a that model car that was in a cabinet and what else did you get this. though I asked you to try and do a deal and you came back with a model car and a sledge yeah it's a round <laughs> sledge VW sledge it was the Herbie's hubcap I know, but every winter, if well, this winter we didn't get snow that we could sledge on, or maybe we did. But we, whenever we've taken it out, it's been a real hit. I mean, it is good, but it wasn't a discount. I mean, you you were. But it's a gift that keeps on giving. Every year we take it out, and it is from, as you said, Herbie, the the magical beetle, which is another film I loved watching. <laughs> Because I was attracted to that car. Yes, and, that's true. Yeah, and it's got those stripes, the blue and the red stripe, number 53. And this hubcap sledge has got the same. But that deal that you struck reminded me a bit of um, like Dumb and Dumber. When they, you'd imagine they strike a really good deal <laughs> that's n not very good. Yeah. But they've got a good car. What, in Dumb and Dumber, the Mutz Cuts vehicle? Yeah, they've got a lovely car. Where it's covered in fur. Yeah. It's like fluffy fur and there's got these flappy ears. Yeah. And when they're in some car chase and the, the vehicle goes over a bump and the ears flap up and then they flap <laughs> down that. again. I remember the dodgy deal they did was right at the end of the film. Is it sombrero? They're wearing sombreros at one point, I think. Yeah, they had sombreros because they, he spent their last bit of money and went yeah, to a shop and did. bought sombreros and those, that bat with the bouncy yeah, ball attached to it. Yeah, instead of like, actual supplies. Yeah, they couldn't, didn't buy yeah, food or anything. Yeah. And the dodgy deal at the end was when they were on their little <laughs> scooter together driving along and this, this coach or big bus pulls up and these two lovely models step off the vehicle and say oh gentlemen we we were just thinking we needed a couple of guys to rub some oil on us before we do like the swimsuit show or whatever it is mm. and then they said ah i think there was a couple of guys that have just gone down that way <laughs> and they pointed to somewhere else it's ridiculous but i'm not very good at business deals and but, you are mm. i mean the the to be fair, the sledge is very good. It's very good. It's fast. It's yeah. reliable. It's got a good brake system. Yeah. Love it. Thank you. And I actually have a photo of me, incredible photo, going yes. on, on a little ramp we built out of snow. And I got some air lifted up. And that was that was great fun. That was good. Um, so That was in the pandemic. Yeah. That was in the first winter. Yeah. It was with Frankie, wasn't it? And, and we were actually not really meant to all be out in groups, but we were outside and there was fresh air. But it was oh, quite... so nice. And at that stage, no one, there weren't any masks. People weren't buying face masks because there weren't any available. It was, it was a very odd time. But I have this Fleetwood Bounder and it's die cast and I absolutely adore these vehicles, especially this one. It's a beige color with red stripes, red and orange stripes right down the side. And it is identical to what 
is in the series Breaking Bad. This one is made by Greenlight Collectibles. And there's a picture of Walter White on the backing card. It's still in its blister pack, hard plastic. You can hear that. And I'm really tempted to take this one out because actually cars, shouldn't I? Are you shaking your head? How, how long have you not taken it out for? Forever. I've had this for, well, when was Breaking Bad made? It was made in 2008. So I've had this since about 2014, I would say, because the, there were five seasons with something like 62 episodes. Wow. And I bought this shortly after because I was obsessed. I mean, remember I was watching Breaking Bad mm -hmm. and it came out every Thursday on Netflix. And actually, I think Breaking Bad is what made Netflix so big. You're, I think you're right. And it's the one of the few seasons that we've watched in like real time. Yes. Or you've watched in yeah. real time because I didn't watch it because I was too scared. Yeah, and I was too scared too, but I, I still watched it. And I used to watch it on the laptop every Thursday while you watched something else and I'd have the headphones on. Yeah. And, and then you'd hold my hand when it got scary. Yeah. And for weeks, that is what yeah, I remember. got me through. I mean, I don't have to get through the week. I don't mind work and, you know, I'm, I'm quite content with things. But it, it was something that drove me from one week to the next. Yeah. And... I would squeeze your hand at times because it got so scary. And then the craziest thing is sometimes I would wake up in the night panicking that I was part of this whole meth lab thing. I was making drugs and oh, no. I felt like I was in trouble. And it wasn't, I didn't mind so much. I didn't think, oh, I'm going to stop watching because it's making me feel weird and like I'm a criminal or something. <laughs> I, I, I just felt it's it was a series that got under my skin and I think one of the things was the setting so where it was New Mexico Albuquerque and these vehicles and I fell in love from the very first episode with this Fleetwood Bounder and this actual one is what Walter gave his life savings to Jesse Pinkman he said to him we need somewhere to cook crystal meth and I heard the best thing to do is to be mobile. We can go park this thing out in the desert and we can cook the meth. And he gave him his life savings, $7,000 or something. And Jesse Pinkman came back the next day with this 1986 Fleetwood Bounder. And there's so much action and thrills that happen around this vehicle. I remember in the first episode... They're cooking this meth out there. It could be the second one, maybe. And these two uh, drug kingpin lords, I don't know what they are, gangsters, turn up and they find them. One of the guys' names is Eight Ball, I think. I don't know. And the other one, I can't remember the name. And Walter managed to... They wanted Walter to show them the recipe, how to cook that meth. So they were inside the Fleetwood Bounder. And he had all these massive test tubes ones that he had got from the science lab from his work and he managed to cause a reaction that created this gas and then like put them to killed, sleep yeah because he masked up yeah. I, I, that's one of the few episodes i saw oh good i remember that yeah and and these two guys one of them died one of them actually wasn't quite dead yet but he, they drove off with him in the vehicle and eventually he died or something and then they had to get rid of his body and they put him in the bath with some wicked chemical and the chemical ate through the bath and then his body dropped through the floor it ate through the floorboards oh. and i think that was the point you may have seen and said i'm not watching this i didn't watch it because at the time i think we were i was expecting our first baby and she and his wife was it Sky is Skylar? Skylar she was pregnant I think or she just had a baby yes she did and I found the whole setup like really unnerving it was harrowing I just it, it, I couldn't hack it I wonder if you could watch it again because I've watched the 
all five You've seasons twice. twice. You have, yeah. I remember you watching this for the second time. Yeah, and I was tempted to watch it for a third time for this episode, but I thought, oh no. It's, I think I probably uh, would like it. I mean, I, I've seen you watch it. It does look good. Mm-hmm. It's really good. It's really... Really good, yeah. Fast-paced, exciting, and the cinematography is great. I think... I think it's, there's something nice about watching it when it, no one else is watching it. Like, it's a bit out of sync. Yes. Like when we would watch Game of Thrones. Everybody had seen it by then. Yeah, yeah. And we watched that after. That's, yeah, we that's did. That's true. Well, let, we could try it. So it's yeah. produced by Vince Gilligan. And Skylar is is great. Um, she is... What's her name? Oh, dear. Her name is Anna Gunn. And she has this i don't know her, her piercing blue eyes and just her demeanor it's, it's kind of unsettling the whole time because you know that she knows what's going on oh, and okay. she's not going to tolerate it and uh, anyway because they've got an older son too don't they yeah an older son is disabled but he's still like oh what can i say? he's still very he's he's very aware of what his dad's doing and he can see that his dad's changing and there's that family drama in there too yeah, which is Yeah, that's what stressed me out more. I don't mind yeah. all the gangster stuff like I I could cope with all of the drug lords and but it was the the family like network. Yeah. Like the vulnerabilities the unit, and they, yeah. they they kind of honed in on those. That's I suppose that's good writing though, isn't it? Yeah. So let's let's try watch that at some point but for me, the whole Breaking Bad was full of these amazing cars, and the Fleetwood Bounder was one of them. And this is where the ep- this episode is going to take a little bit of a turn and talk about the cars that I've had in my life. And I've realized I'm not a petrol head. I don't like fast cars. I don't like the fact that cars use fossil fuels and pollute the earth but there's something about cars that i i do like i like a road trip i like being in a car going miles and miles and i'll be happy to do it alone we've done an amazing road trip together where Mm. we drove across america the open road just has this draw and this attraction for me and i don't mind sitting in the car for like an eight hour stretch and just going no it's good and I like listening to music in the car. It's it's the open road, and and we drove a Ford Mustang, which was nice in America. Mm. And saying that, I think lots of people were doing the same thing. Roughly, <laughs> yeah, it was like, oh, hello, there's another one. <laughs> and you hire these cars, and I suppose it's the the dream to go to America. I think we thought we were really unique, and then every day by there's like yeah, another. oh, there's another, oh, there's another couple with a Ford Mustang, and and they looked like our stunt doubles, and we looked like their stunt doubles because we were all kind of similar age. It was yeah. just the thing to do, but who cares? But to be fair, when we went inland, that was all down Route One. When we went inland, there were far less frequently we saw them. Oh yeah, that Pacific it was, Highway. The yeah, route it was one all that. Was full of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so. A road trip is fantastic, and I do, I do like a car. There's something about it. I won't go and spend a fortune on a car myself, but it's a nice thing, and it marks points in my life, and I, it brings back memories. It's like albums, m- music albums. I don't know what other albums there are, photograph albums, but it it gives me a an insight into what was happening at the time. It's a marker for me, and. Actually, there's a Volvo in Breaking Bad, a Volvo, I don't know what it was. It was a 240 Volvo, but the sedan. And at one point, we bought a Volvo 240 SE, Mm. which is the station wagon or the estate car, (coughs) excuse me, size where, I mean, what's a station wagon? So... It's just longer on the back and there's no separate boot. It's an estate. And it was red and it was a 1992 model. Very square. And I liked the the doors because it was almost like a shelf. So you had the window and then a shelf. It's like you could hang a window box on there. And you probably could because the metal is so hard and thick and heavy. And a proper gas guzzler, but it was beautiful. Corduroy seats. Was that not... Did you have Bluey first? Oh, yes. I had a blue Volvo first. That you sold to the window cleaner? Yes. Wow, that's but well But the remembered. red one was to 
because you miss Bluey so much. Yes, I bought a blue one when I was a student. Yeah. Doing my postgraduate stuff, and I bought it from a friend called Mitchell, who I he grew up down the road from me in in Northcliffe. I didn't know you got it from yeah. Mitchell. I got it from Mitchell Did because you? he moved to Slough. He he moved away from South Africa, went to England, worked at Heathrow Airport as a security guard, and. He, when I say security guard, I think he became like he head was, of security. Yeah. And he sold this to me, a really good deal. Bluey was amazing. Bluey was good. Bluey, t- Bluey took us around France, around Europe. Yes. That was Bluey. Yes, we, we took Bluey to Germany and then on to... We, oh, we first went to Amsterdam, no? We went to... Um, you and Rich drove out there for the wedding and then i joined you by train and then we drove we went on camping didn't we and we cooked in bluey's boot when we were at the campsites yes we opened it up like a kitchen and it was perfect for camping because you open that hatch at the back and drag everything out it was beautiful and such a smooth ride and i liked accelerating and because the big bonnet would rise up slightly and you'd hear and rich and i drove that from Oxford, we went to Dover and then on the ferry to Amsterdam. And oh, yeah, you to, went to Amsterdam yeah, before I met yeah. you, yeah. And we got pulled over by security in Dover because they, we, I guess, fitted the profile. We're both wearing sweatbands, headbands, isn't it? <laughs> Couldn't have been more uh, obvious if you tried. And long hair. And the back of the car was filled with frisbees and really practical stuff sombreros and and all those types <laughs> of things so we were pulled over and we we had to go into a little hangar on the side and I they, didn't know this. they they um asked us all sorts of questions about where we were going and we had to show them the were invitation you, were you to the questioned wedding. separately did you have to sort of um validate each other's stories or were you as a pair i mean what happened was i froze up i was in the driver's seat and they spoke to me and I froze and then Rich leaned across and answered the questions. <laughs> it was it was crazy. Um, but we we got through, which was fine. We had nothing to hide, of course. And we went to Amsterdam and then on to France in a village called Kumbai. Kumbai. And we went to a wonderful wedding and this, this car was just old faithful. It took us there, took it us was all amazing. the way back beautiful luxury ride and then I had to sell it why did you sell it I don't know I don't know what happened you sold it to that window cleaner and and then he didn't even use it he, he was let he it the guy rot. in Wheatley and or was that the, the mechanic no no the mechanic was in Wheatley yes that was the mechanic who loved the car so every time I took it to somewhere to get fixed I'd always get these lovely remarks saying oh i love working on this car so nice to see something like this again and it was just so nice so much fun oh we should find bluey bluey's gone it's been scrapped because the window cleaner ended up buying a a peugeot or peugeot a little minivan type thing and i don't think blue was that practical it wasn't nippy enough it was a bit of a tank and i think he left it in his drive and it just rotted to oh, bits bluey. i can't remember why i sold it but a few years later i wanted bluey back i wanted those memories and i bought a red one and also enjoyed it very much and i think the tape deck was was one of my favorite bits when it got working but the weird thing is that the tape deck didn't work when i first got the car because you needed a code and then I went to the Volvo dealership down the road with this yeah. old Volvo. And then they said, I said, look, I've got this problem. I can't access the the stereo or the cassette player. And they said, okay, what's the registration? And I told them and went onto this computer database and entered some things. And he said, okay, it's 2306 is the code. Is and that I, actually the code or have you just made that up? I think it might have been the code. I don't know maybe I I just made that up but it sounds like the number and I went and typed it in and of course it worked and then I could play my Alice in Chains cassette and my Pearl Jam cassette and all of that stuff 
and that was a lovely car and eventually I had to sell it because the footwell was leaking and it required a lot of maintenance and I didn't have the time to do it and of course I was always filling up with petrol because it used a lot of fuel and when I saw the Volvo in Breaking Bad I got so excited I think it was in season five when Walter has to get away and he drives up into Canada or something and he's got this white Volvo sedan 240 and you actually see Volvos in films quite a lot mm. I think it's in Thor and oh there's loads of films where you you get a glimpse and I say that's a 240 SE we had Volvos when we were kids like mum and dad's cars are always Volvos we and we were in the boot in the uh, fold-out seats facing the traffic behind I mean how did the did you have seat belts there yeah, we did. So there was four of us and then mum and dad. So two, mum and dad, two in the middle, two in the boot. But it was me because I was the younger, the younger one. And then we'd see all the traffic. So in traffic downs, people would be like facing us head on. And Ian would do card tricks for Magic people. Magic tricks, yeah. And they very, very, were very much appreciated, I understand. Yes. People like that kind of thing. Yeah, he would do card tricks and um, like stick them in the sort of window frame, but he would see the reflection of what... So he'd act out the card. So he'd shuffle the pack yeah. for the people in the car behind, and then he'd act out what it was. So he'd say the number on his fingers and then dig a spade or like touch his heart uh -huh. or... I don't know what he would have done for clubs so or diamonds. And then, but because cause he'd stick the card in the ledge of the window, it would go back slightly. And then the reflection of it, he would see. Uh, he would see what the card so, was. So he would, <laughs> I mean, it was, he was about five or six, That's but I was older. And I didn't really, I found it a bit embarrassing, I think, when I was kind of. I mean, you're kind of blushing right now. I, are you? <laughs> No, not blessed. <laughs> but I so just, that's really clever because the people behind would never know that that's the magic. I mean, I think they, I think clearly there was an element of them humouring us because yeah. he was really cute. But um, yeah, it was like on, you know, like in traffic jams in that in the middle of France somewhere, mm. or just. But the people didn't go anywhere, so they were stuck behind you after they he. They deplored us, and then they were just stuck there. It's <laughs> so awkward, like... I don't more, have any more tricks. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, traffic is a pain. That's that's the thing with driving. And It wasn't uh, nice driving backwards either, but being a passenger no. going backwards the whole time. Whenever I go on a train, I try to find the forward-facing seats because you can sometimes sit on a train and go effectively backwards. But sometimes you get on a train and you don't actually know which way it's going to pull out of the station yeah that's true because i've been on a train heading north and the train's gone to reading station and are they I've been going facing to like a siding forward, thing and then, it, yeah. then when it pulls out from there it goes reading does that backwards i don't yeah. know but then i try to change seats but yeah the the volvo is is a classic i love that car and it'll always be a memory for me and i couldn't believe seeing it on Breaking Bad and then actually I signed up for a what is it an agency called the car is the star mm -hmm. where you can register your vehicle and you know what you can register any vehicle it doesn't have to be a classic it doesn't have to be old I think you're more likely to get a, a, a part if it is a, an older vehicle because or a more rare vehicle and I think I was called up once, but it was midweek and I, I couldn't just skip work to go out, you know, with this vehicle. But I was quite chuffed that my car was with a, an agency, mm -hmm. like a model agency for the car. And it reminds me that my dad had a VW fleet line, which in South Africa every split screen so the front screens of this vw camp vw camper van type thing yeah had a split screen oh so, that's nice so there's a like a divide down yeah, the middle yeah. split screen and then the side windows had a little clip and you'd slide the window along and he had one of those and i was extremely proud of that i i, I mean it wasn't even mine but i was so proud of it your dad's always had good cars good cars but sometimes 
problematic you know they'd break down and he'd work very hard on repairing them it wouldn't be the family with a new car we always had these old jalopies that's what we call them they're, they're, do you know what i read that word jalopy the mm. other day and i thought it was a purely south african word but it's not how do you spell it j a l o p i e jalopy anyway he had these cars and this this fleet line was used in an advert and i drove it out there a vw advert mm. yes and the the location for it was an an old drive-in movie theater so an outdoor drive-in and i know you, you, you don't but, were you driving it in the advert no oh i i had to go park it in the drive-in so facing the screen and then actors or models whoever they got were used to, so i kind of went and sat in a tent at the side and had to wait and wait and wait and these people would use the car. So the car was the star the again. The car was the star. And I actually remember seeing the advert. And I think they they used the split screen to full effect because the camera angle was from the front. And you saw this, I think it was a couple. And the, the driver and the passenger, you could see them both. And um, they then jumped out of the car and, and laid a blanket down. Because at the drive-in theatres in South Africa, you could just get out your car and put a blanket down and, mm. and sit next to the car maybe put a chair out or something but that car was a beauty and I borrowed that once and a couple of my friends and me we drove it to Sun City my dad let us use it it was Roger and Ian mm. and oh, this girl called Tracy I think and Natalie and they couldn't believe the fun that this vehicle <laughs> afforded us it was great like it was so much fun to cruise in this thing and we were driving along and the car what happened I can't remember the gears wouldn't work the gears just went like all wobbly couldn't change gears and Roger was a a budding engineer he had started studying engineering he loved cars he loved alfa romeos and he phoned my dad and luckily we had mobile phones i think this was one of the first mobile yeah. phones we had and he phoned my dad and him and my dad had a chat and my dad said i think what it is is it's a little screw that's come out and that needs to go back in. So get under the car, have a look. And of course, Roger got under the car and that screw was missing. And my dad said, you might find it, like go walk down the road. And we're in this hot, hot place. It was baking hot, over 30 degrees, like semi-desert conditions, but the open road, it was wonderful. Like It wasn't dangerous to go walk down the road. And Rog went walking down the road and he found the little no. screw and he put it back in and the gears worked and we were off. What? Yep. And we, we got to Sun City and we had a great time because you can, you know, fit all your camping stuff in there. There's loads of space. And it was it was one of the best vehicles I've ever known. And my dad used to drop me off at school in that. And I remember... He actually had a VW van before that, a green one, which was in much poorer shape. It wasn't as classic, but he used to drop me off a few blocks before the school because I was kind of embarrassed at first of arriving in this thing that was backfiring. And the same <laughs> with the fleet line. I was like, oh, dad, I can't Aww. do this. And I had this thing when I was a kid, I used to blush a lot and it, it just made me embarrassed. I don't know why. And then my dad explained to me that he's paid for these vehicles and a lot of cars you see, these fancy cars, aren't owned yet and people are paying mm. them, them off. And I just said, okay, you can drop me at school now. And he would drop me at the gate and I didn't care. And Aww. the beauty of it was I could have my bicycle in the back. So he could drop me off with my bike and then I could cycle home. So those were the the cars and we'd spend hours, hours in the garage fixing these things. 
and I would be sitting in the driver's seat pumping the brakes and he was lying underneath the car and he was like, Var, pump the brakes, pump the brakes. And I'd sit in there and I was like, oh, God, man. It's like 10 o'clock. I want to go to bed and I'm sitting in this car. No music, nothing going on. Just this smelly garage, smelling of oil and petrol and farts. I'm <laughs> sure it was stinky. And I'd be pumping the brakes and it would go on and on and on. Okay, start the engine, start the ignition, start the... But cars, cars, cars the whole time. And... I think that brought me on to getting my first car, which was a VW Beetle, 1969, 1500. And it was a off-white. I think it originally started as white, but the white kind of went like a pearl color after years in the sun. It just baked into a different color. And I remember having a Pearl Jam sticker that each letter was separated so once you you pressed it onto the glass and you pulled off the backing each letter was yeah, separate yeah. It said pearl jam on the back and the fact is the car had a pearl color and it it, it was perfect the Did sticker was white pearl? no it didn't have a name for her Aww. and that car unfortunately was stolen from our driveway i remember yeah i remember waking up one morning and it was gone Aww. gone i mean imagine that you look out and it's <coughs> How did that happen? Never was to be seen gone? again. Well, interesting you say that. The police contacted us and said they had found the car. You need to come and have a look. And we went and it was a complete write-off. So whoever had taken it crashed it. And the those bulb, like those fenders that kind of stick out like bubbles on a beetle. So over the wheel arches, they're these beautiful curved edges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Completely flattened down the side. So whoever took it had crashed it. It's like a like, wall or yeah, something. Yeah, I mean, the the axles of the car were trashed. Then, yeah, you're right. It must have been scraped against a wall or something. So um, the tow, we had to go there with a tow truck person just in case we wanted to take it back. And then my dad just said to the tow truck driver, like, do you want it um, 200 rand or something? You can take take this car. Very sad. But then my grandpa helped me to put a deposit down on another VW, a green one. Mm, I've seen, I've just been in the green one. You have? Yeah, yeah, okay, when we cool. first went to South Africa. So that, that, that one... That was still there. That was a beauty. And again, it was a 1969, 1500. And I remember going all over the place in that thing with my friends, with you, with the dog... And I used to take it off-roading every now and then. And, and I went, we went to Beetle Buddy. Yes, Beetle Buddies. And the first time I went there. And Beetle Buddies was this company that would refurbish beetles. Yeah, we did. We looked around the forecourt. Yeah, and they had loads of them. That that company doesn't exist anymore. And you don't see VW Beetles very much at all, which is sad. But at the time, you could buy a fully refurbished one, mm -hmm. refurbished engine and this this vw the green one i had the front passenger seat broke off because i took it off-roading with <laughs> friends and we went on a motocross track out in the felt and we were going over these jumps and it really got shook up and the the seat broke off and then i took the seat out and whoever was in the car would have to sit in the back and there's this <laughs> big space next to me but which was quite useful because you could put that space was still there when I went in it. Yeah, there was it? no passenger no, seat when you went in there. Yeah, I just had to sit in the back. Yeah. And yeah, that, that car had such great memories for me. And you. Um, and yeah, I do remember it. I remember it clearly. Yeah, it, it was wonderful. And I actually went on matric holiday, which is the final year of high school. Went with that car to a place called Ramsgate, which is about a nine-hour drive from Johannesburg. And that was without the front seat. So I had two of my friends in the back, <laughs> CD player on the floor that's attached to a tape with the cable that's attached to a tape you put in the tape deck. And we're listening to Sound God and Super Unknown. I think Green Day Dookie, uh, Cranberries, No Need to Argue with Zombie, which is where the name of this podcast came from. It's in your head. What's, what's in your yes. head? What's in your shed? Um, and it all happened in that Beetle. So what year was that, 96, 97? I matriculated in 1994, 
So our matric holiday, yeah, it was it was December nineteen ninety four. Ninety four. Brilliant! What a good year! What a good time! Except Kurt Cobain died in April of nineteen. Oh. I'm sorry, I'm going to cry. Don't cry. Very sad. Very sad indeed. But but still, we we listened to Nirvana and we loved we loved that stuff, and <laughs> finally. I've got a note here about micro machines and Hot Wheels cars and I've always loved cars and I've still got my little micro machines and they're in a cigar box in the shed and the kids look at them every now and then. My favorite one is a Mercedes Benz, a silver one. <laughs> and I had a whole suitcase full of Hot Wheels cars and my kids actually have the Hot Wheels cars now in a suitcase. And they're still great, aren't they? They're they still are such good. lovely, solid toys, little metal toys. And it has to be the metal ones. The plastic ones don't cut it. Yeah, they don't. No, they, don't. they have to. And did you play with Hot Wheels? We, ha- we had micro machines. My brothers had micro machines. Mm. And we did. I don't think we had Hot Wheels, really. We had, obviously, those ones that Dad had. That the Burago. The- what was it? Burago? Yeah, they stayed in the box, though. Yeah. I don't want this this Fleetwood Bounder. I think I want to take out of the box because I want to feel it. I want to like drive it along. I think I might have to, Joe. I often leave all my toys inside boxes. You never well, leave your stuff in boxes, baby. You take it out all the time. Oh, yeah, but I mean, <laughs> I I've got some in boxes, like the Masters of the Universe stuff, and some action figures. But this. Oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm debating whether or not to take it out the box, and I might have to. And that A-team van I've got with the Playmobil one I got for my birthday. And last birthday came up on my phone, and we did um, micro machines on around the cake. Oh wow! Last, do you remember? Yeah, lockdown last, birthday. Yeah, we put micro machines decorating the cake. Yeah. Oh. We've got your little stash from. Um, yes. An auction site. Yeah, you got some of the vintage ones. Yeah. Oh, how nice. And that's so interesting because I've just had my birthday and this was the first birthday we're out of lockdown and I was able to go out with my friends. Perfect. Which is very nice. And yeah, so cars, weirdly, I love to hate them. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I I, I do love them, but I do know they... They're bad, whatever. But Breaking Bad was a series that, for so many reasons, I I enjoyed. And one of them was because of the cars. And the the way they were used was so cool because they didn't use new cars. They used cars with, like, missing hubcaps. And every time a car pulled up, you could hear the crunch of the tires on the grit on the road and... When a door closed, you could hear the clunk. I love that sound of a car door clunking closed or the boot opening up. And then, you know, I, I don't know. It, it, it just gripped me from the start. And I love Westerns. And this series is, I'd call like a new type of Western or a neo-Western. Hmm. And there's there's a bit of comedy, black comedy. I think that that bath scene with the the bath melting from the chemicals when they're trying to dissolve the body and it drops down. I mean, it's dark, but it's kind of funny at the same time. So if you haven't seen Breaking Bad, I mean, I don't know. I'm not here to recommend. I guess I do recommend stuff like Orville Peck. Um, yeah, check it out. I don't know. We we might watch it again. Yeah. Um, And that was, that was it. That was the Breaking Bad vehicle. And it's been a lovely episode i i think and i look forward to the the next one which is gonna be about something else (laughs) (laughs) obviously but it's moving on nicely and i i think i've got a a i feel very excited for what's coming after this i i said this in this form is going to end this is the last season but there's going to be some new stuff happening I've got a feeling. Good. And it's going to involve music and singing and Are you going to sing? I don't know. I don't know. 
with these new microphones, I might give it a go. Perfect. Yeah, I'm trying to think of something to sing now to say goodbye. But um, I can't. What should I sing? Um, is there a, is the Breaking Bad have a... Breaking Bad song. I don't know the Do soundtrack. Do they have a soundtrack? It must be. They, they must be a good soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I, you see, I should have prepared for this. I'm not going to try and do it. I mean, the the, the other episode with, with Hannah, when we uh, spoke about Silly Putty, I said I wasn't going to sing and we chatted about my singing. And then eventually I found some lyrics in my notebook <laughs> and I started singing. It was the lyrics I wrote for Ship Song, which is a Nick Cave song, and I wrote my own lyrics. And I did that for the Cinema Under the Stairs podcast. And then I ended up singing that. But I'm, I, I can see here on the computer, I really, I really need to go. I hate goodbyes. And this episode has been quite lengthy, but worth it. Definitely worth it. And I can see here on the computer, I've got, there's a display cabinet, a photo of a display cabinet with the gas mask worn when characters would cook meth in Breaking Bad. And it's on display at the Mob Museum in Las Vegas. And I heard the Mob Museum is great. Because we've been to Vegas. We have. And I've got my best friend. I mean, you're my best friend. Oh, thanks, Warren. My best friend from primary school, early days, James, lives in Vegas. And he told me about the Mob Museum and we never went. So We'll go to Vegas again. Oh, I hope so. We will. I hope so. I mean, it's it. I, again, it's a place I love to hate. It's like cars. I, I love and hate. It's it's weird, mm. but I like the desert. I like the whole setting. But yeah, the Mob Museum. Wow, it's got that yellow suit with the gas mask and everything. Anyway, must go. Must say good night. And that's been wonderful once again. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. I'm gonna have to adjust the volume of yours so it goes it goes a bit louder because I think I'm really loud because. I've got the microphone close, and you've you've created your own little stand. I have. Okay, that, well, I, it's going to sound amazing. Thank you so much. I didn't even tell you we were doing this. No. And then it just happened, and you've been wonderful. You've helped me along the journey, <laughs> all the way. Bye. Bye. It's better late than never. We're winding back the time clock. We'll open up the strong box. What's in your shed? What's in your shed? Pictures and treasures and the books that we read. What's in your shed? What's in your shed?